Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... <laughs> you yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM. The fan live from the Lakeland University studios. The leader in online education for more than 25 years, Lakeland.edu. Steve Sparky, Viper, Sam Schmitz. Coming up, Frank Madden, Locked On Bucks podcast, joins us coming up here in about 13 minutes from right now. Definitely are not going to want to miss Frank Madden coming up as we get ready for Bucks and Nets tonight uh, at Serve 4. I'm looking forward to seeing how this whole one plays out. Obviously, the game on TNT tonight. Do you think there will be crow eaten by those boys at TNT tonight? Do you think? Do you think they will eat crow knowing how they trash Budenholzer and everything else? Do you think tonight on the first national telecast with everybody watching, will Barkley and Shaq and all these fools, will they all eat crow tonight and say, well, we ripped them during the net series. But he won a championship. We got to give him credit. Will Budenholzer get his just due from those guys at TNT tonight? Will they come up? Because remember, when it went from TNT to ESPN and ABC, do you remember? Van Gundy and Mark Jackson immediately, first time they talked into a microphone, immediately took for butt. Immediately stuck up for him and defended Budenholzer right off the bat. And referenced the things that were being said by Barkley and Shaq and Kenny Smith and those guys when they were on TNT during that Bucks Nets series. I- I'm intrigued by how this is going to play out on TNT tonight. Will they apologize? Or will they at least say, hey, you know, he coached a lot better after that Nets series and that's why they won. Whatever. Will they give him his due? The other thing that I'm anxious to see how this whole thing is going to play out is 
You have the rings tonight, and then you have the banner going up. Obviously, we're all very anxious to see what the rings are going to look like and how big they are. Leroy, when he was on earlier, uh, talked about, you know, he doesn't, he never wanted a big, gaudy ring. He wanted a ring that kind of fits in. And he pointed to Tom Brady when sometimes when he has those rings on, you can see the bigger, bulkier, heavier ones that just look, you know, out of place or whatever the case may be. Giannis already has come out and said he wants one to be, he wants it to be bigger than what his brother's was with the Lakers. But still, none of us have seen the ring yet, so it'll be fun to see how that looks tonight. The other thing that I'm intrigued by is the banner. Because I've seen people tweeting about the size of the banners inside Pfizer Forum. They, Bucks fans, think that the banners should be bigger than what they are. That they shouldn't be as... And again, they're not small. I mean, if you went and stood by one, you're going to realize they're not small. But they look smaller inside Pfizer Forum. They want a big old banner up there for the Bucks championship, uh, maybe compared to what those other banners are. Now, if it's me, I'm now putting a gigantic Bucks banner up there that dwarfs the rest of them. Like I, I'm not doing that. If it's me, right? I want it to be all proportional. I want all the same size. So if I'm going to make a Bucks championship banner that's bigger than the rest, then I'm having the rest made bigger too. Like it all has to be uniform. I don't want their championship banner outdoing that of the Lou Alcindor or McLaughlin championship banner. So if you're going to make them all bigger, fine. If you're not, then it should be the same size as the rest of them. There's no need to out show or outdo, in my opinion at least, the banners are up in the rafters. Those banners that are up in the rafters are up there for a reason, because they were earned. They shouldn't be looked at any differently because, well, now it happened today, and it's 50 years later, and it, no. It should be the same size as the other ones, or you make all of them bigger. You agree with that, Sam? Yeah, I think they should honestly make them all bigger. I kind of miss how – do you remember the ones that were inside of uh, the Bradley Center for the retired numbers yes. and the old world champions one? Yes. Just make them that size. Yes. Why not? Make them all bigger. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Now, the reason I think maybe they can't is because of maybe the, the concert setup and how it has to be for the concerts, for lighting and whatever else. That's the only reason I can think of of why they're smaller is because of how the concert setups are or – you know, the light setups for the, the people skating on the ice or monster trucks or whatever the case may be. Maybe there has something to do with how much room they have to take up, up in the air over uh, what they're doing to where if those banners are bigger, then they're going to have to go up there and pull it down every time you have a concert or anytime you have, have a type of event in there. Maybe that is why uh, you don't have the event, the uh, the banners as big as you would like. So I'm anxious for that tonight, too. I want to see the banner size. I want to see what the banner looks like. I want to see the rings. I want to see what TNT says about Boonholzer, specifically them. I, I don't really care about the ESPN broadcasts or the NBA TV broadcast this year of the Bucks. Don't care. Not at all. Not in the least. But tonight, I care. Tonight, I want to see what is said. Because, look, everybody that criticized Boonholzer had to eat crow here at some point. Had to. You win a championship... You you still don't have to necessarily think, you know, maybe he's the best coach of all time, but you got to give him his props. Not every coach wins a championship. Majority of coaches never win a championship. So that says a lot 
to do about him as a coach and Mike Boonholzer. And he deserves credit for that, regardless if you want to give it to him or not, he deserves it. And that is should be what happens tonight on that TNT telecast. The other thing in all of this, and I mentioned this in the big show, I want to see how much they're actually going to play their guys in Brooklyn. I really am interested. I want to see what the intensity level is going to be like at the beginning of this game when this thing gets going. Is there going to be a playoff-like atmosphere and intensity to this game tonight? Because you're going to have a ton of people inside Fiserv Forum that are going to be all hyped up and all excited off of a ring night. Hey, Sam, do me a favor. I haven't seen this stat. Can you maybe see if you can find it? What's the team home team's record on ring nights when they get the rings? Win-loss record on, on when they win? I'm sure the stat's out there, and I have just missed it along the way. But you're going to be hyped up. You're going to be excited. The fans are going to be into it. It has all the making for a knockdown, drag-out fight at Pfizer Forum tonight between these two teams if both coaching staffs and the players on both rosters want it to be. If they're cool with it, you could have that happen tonight at Pfizer Forum. It could be a hell of a game with a great atmosphere. If neither one of those coaching staffs have any interest in that or are more concerned about rest for the first couple of months and really don't care about this game per se, uh, as much as they, they might in, say, February and March when you're getting closer to the postseason, uh, then this game may not have that much of a playoff feel at all. In fact, it might have more of an exhibition game feel to it if these starters aren't playing a ton of minutes tonight uh, because you know they're talking about rest. I personally, uh, am as a fan, would love to see the knockdown drag-out fight uh, between these two teams, a uh, rematch of last year's postseason. But rationally... I don't want to see them playing more than 30 or 32 minutes tonight for the Bucs side. You want to play Duran and Hardy 40, 39, 40 minutes, you go right ahead. But from a Bucks standpoint, I have no interest in seeing those guys uh, play a ton of minutes. I'm anxious to see what Frank Madden has to say from the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, he'll be joining us, and we're going to go over this Bucks roster. We're going to go over the Eastern Conference. We'll touch on the Western Conference uh, a little bit as well and get his take on this Bucks roster. Does he feel this Bucks roster is better than what it was at the end of last season. I think it is. Sam Schmitz, I believe you said it was as well earlier on the Wendy's Big Show. So we'll see if Frank Madden agrees. To think about that for a second. To think about a team that won a championship and then your front office went back with limited funds in the offseason, redid some of the the, uh, rotation players and made you better than you were when the season ended. Will it have the same result? I don't know if it have the same result. But regardless, John Horse and that front office deserve some credit uh, for putting what appears to be a better roster on the floor than the one that ended the season last year. I think P.J. Tucker, missing P.J. Tucker, is going to be a thing. I think we're going to talk about that throughout the season. Hopefully we don't. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I think it's it's going to be something that we're going to talk about. All right, coming up next, Frank Madden, Locked on Bucks podcast, straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan live from the Lakeland University Studios, leader in online education for more than 25 years. Lakeland.edu. Steve Sparky, Pfeiffer with you. Coming up on the Rami Show. Rami Makloff comes up this afternoon from 3 until 6. Make sure to uh, stay tuned for that. I'm sure he'll give you more of a look inside Bucks and Nets like we're going to do right now. Our guy Frank Madden from the Locked on Bucks podcast. Get that at the 
Odyssey app. If you don't have it, download it today. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download that Locked On Bucks podcast today. Him and Kane Pittman do a great job. Frank, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Uh, doing well, Sparky, and uh, what a what a great uh, time to be on talking about the Bucks opening a season where they're defending champs, right? Let, let's be honest. You, you've you've come in in the past and done post game shows with me, and you and I have known each other for a while. I don't think either one of us thought this was ever going to happen. <laughs> I, I was watching the uh, the Giannis um, the Giannis video that the Bucks put together, where, yeah. where Zara Stevenson was interviewing him, you know, about Game Six and getting his reaction and. There, there were just probably five or six moments during that where I, just, it still kind of hit me. It was like, geez, the Bucks are NBA champions, and and just everything actually worked out in the Bucks' favor for a change. You know, right? Just, again, just just the idea. I mean, fifty points in a closing game from Giannis. I mean, again, it's just you, you could not have written this story if you're a Bucks fan, you know, a year ago, and 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 not have it just have sounded but absurd, right? The but, crazy but part, Frank, is the most absurd part wasn't the fifty. The absurd part was the free throw line. That was the absurd part. <laughs> I mean, 50, yeah. he's done 50. The free throw line thing is still mind-boggling to this day. And they needed it. And they yes. needed all those free throws, really, right? Because, yep. I mean, that game was that game was really close. Um, and, yeah, still still just crazy. And what better team to uh, to start it off against this season than the Brooklyn Nets, especially given all the hype they've been getting. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think everybody's, I can't, I can't say, I can't imagine anybody's ever been as, as excited uh, for, for a season opener of the Bucks as, I mean, I feel like people like us, we always get excited about Bucks season openers, whether we're, we're being smart about it or not. But, but this year, obviously just very different, very, very, very good reason to be excited. You know, Frank, when we talk about, you know, Giannis uh, and where he goes from where he's been, I'm guilty probably of being overly excited from what I've seen as far as his jumper has everybody excited in the preseason. To me, it looks a bit, a little bit smoother at the top with the releases. Do you see a difference in his jumper or do you think it's just one of those deals where, okay, it was falling for a game or two? I mean, we're, we are reacting to basically two games, right? Yes. He hit a lot of, a lot of jump shots in two games. Um, I, I think, I think the mid-range game, we saw a lot more of that through the playoffs last year, right? I mean, his his field goal percentage from kind of a floater area, um, you know, non-restricted area in the paint, which is an area that, that he's never shown very good touch and was a lot better during the playoffs last year. And, and, I mean, game six was the ultimate example of that. You know, think about how many kind of little push shots he had, little mid-range jumpers he hit in that game. And that was not the first time in the playoffs that he was hitting that. So I think I think we have a longer body of work to suggest that he may be unlocking, you know, more diversity in terms of that, those, those kind of little jump hooks, um, short turnarounds, et cetera. Um, I think the three point shooting, I'm, I'm really not going to overreact to the preseason on that front. I mean, you know, that's the one that obviously I think we've, you know, tried to read into every time he has a, a, a couple games where he hits some threes. We, you know, we say, Oh, is his shot looking smoother? Is his hitch gone? I mean, I think honestly, he's just a guy with inconsistent mechanics, and when he makes them, he looks pretty good. And when he misses them, he doesn't look so good. So, um, you hope that 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 they keep going in. And again, if he got to 30, 34 percent, I mean, that would be a big deal, and that's not out of the question from three. Um, but I, I, I'm 
put me in the camp of, you know, let's, let's wait 20 games and, and see how he does. I, I look back at it. The last couple of preseasons, he was at 40% and 36% from three. Um, I think this year he was like four out of six or four out of five or something. So he was a lot better, but it's still a really small sample. So let's, let's see kind of what he does, you know, here to start the season. He's had a lot of really cold three point shooting starts to seasons. So I'm curious how much of that can kind of carry over. Um, but again, I, I would put probably more stock into the mid range game. And, and again, obviously, you can argue that's more important for him anyway. I agree with you on that. Talking with Frank Madden, Locked On Bucks podcast. I listened to it uh, today on your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Where do you think Chris Middleton can grow and become better? Well, I think the the big area we've seen the last couple of years is, you know, his ability as a playmaker and as a passer. Um, you know, his uh, his assist numbers last year were, were career highs. Um you know, I, I was looking at kind of mid-season. It, it felt like he was that he was throwing a ton more alley oops to Giannis and Brooke in particular. I think sometimes maybe he gets a little ambitious with it. He had, he had some late game alley oop attempts that went awry uh, last season as well. But um, but I think that's an area where we've we've kind of seen him you know kind of turn the corner a little bit. I mean, he's obviously been just a phenomenal shooter uh, and a great mid range guy um, really for for years and years and years now. Really, right ever since he kind of landed in Milwaukee. So um, you know, is he going to get better as a shooter? Probably not. Right, you're just hoping that he can kind of continue to maintain what he's doing. But I think you know again. Um, maintaining kind of that 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 playmaking ability, uh, the decision making, um, you know, maybe cutting down on the turnovers a little bit while still being aggressive with his passing and finding teammates. Um, I, I think that's going to be important, especially because as we saw in the playoffs, you know, Giannis was a lot more in in actions as a as a screener, and that typically involved putting Chris and obviously also Drew as the ball handler and pick and roll. So I think, you know, the best version of the Bucks late in games is going to involve Chris and, and to a little lesser extent, Drew handling the ball, getting Giannis as a screener and then making decisions about shooting versus passing. So I think to the extent that he just can continue to get comfortable as a pick and roll passer, as a pick and roll finisher, um, you know, we know that that's going to be really important late in playoff series, late in games kind of when it all counts. And obviously we saw him pay that off uh, time and again last year in the playoffs. But, um, you know, to kind of stay on top, I think he's going to have to continue to be at a really high level there. And I think also just, you know, defensively, I mean, I, I assume he's guarding Kevin Durant tonight. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going to put Giannis on Durant. I don't think Drew Holiday makes sense on Durant when you have right. James Harden out there. So I think, you know, with PJ gone, I think, he's going to have to probably take on a little bit more of a, a defensive load than, than maybe he did last year, especially um, in that net series. So um, again, balancing defense and offense and expending his energy, I think is you know, going to be maybe a little more of a challenge, especially in certain matchups like what the one we're seeing tonight. You look at this roster compared to the roster uh, at the end of last season. Obviously I love George Hill uh, being back at uh, backup guard, kind of like an extension of the coaching staff. I feel to a certain degree on the floor. So I like that uh, aspect. I like, well, I don't like Grayson Allen, but I like what he does uh, for this team and how he fits in. Uh, and I like the idea of him being that guy in that starting lineup and DiVincenzo uh, when healthy, maybe coming off the bench and being that uh, potent sixth guy that this team hasn't had. Uh, what do you think about that backcourt from last year to this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of my optimism about the Bucks being a better regular season team and 
hopefully playoff team as well is predicated on on the two guys you mentioned. I think swapping in George Hill for you know the combination of DJ Augustine and, and Jeff Teague I think is a clear a clear upgrade. Now, of course, you know George is is not a young guy; he's 35 years old. So at some point, you know he's going to kind of have more of a drop off. But I think relative to what we saw last year, um, just his size and and just again being able to play two ways, I I, I feel pretty good about what he can do relative to, to what we saw a year ago at the back to point guard spot. And then I think the, um, you know, the question about, you know, Grayson, obviously he's nominally slotting in for, for Dante right now. You hope by mid season or somewhere around there, Dante will be back coming off the bench. Um, maybe Dante goes back to starting, but you know, to be honest, I think ideally Grayson fits in really well with the starters. And then you bring Dante off the bench when he's back and you kind of ease him in to, to that role. And, and, you know, you compare, having Grayson and Dante versus Dante and Bryn Forbes, you know, take nothing away from Bryn Forbes shooting last year, but you know, we saw in the playoffs, he was great in that Miami series and then really hard to keep on the floor with his lack of size uh, thereafter. So I think, you know, just that, that combination of, of upgrades to me, I, I think should help them in the regular season. And then, you know, I think I'm still hopeful that, that that'll also pay off in the playoffs. I think, I'm curious to see Grayson defensively. He's not Dante um, in terms of his versatility right. and instincts and all that. Um, but, you know, again, it kind of depends, right? You can bring him to Dante or you can bring him to Brent Forbes. Um, I think he's somewhere in between and hopefully you get Dante back. And uh, again, we hope come be coming back from a very long injury layoff. So it may take him a while to get his rhythm back, but hopefully physically he gets back to where he needs to be by the time the playoffs roll around and, you know, I think you feel pretty good about that combination um, at the two-guard spot. Frank Madden, what do you think of the lack of bigs on this team? Because they definitely are lacking bigs. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny. Uh, Kane and I were talking yesterday and about, and he was saying, like, oh, I guess I guess Sandro's playing tonight. And uh, I said, really? Are they really going <laughs> really to play him on opening night? But, you know, you look at it, I mean, Bobby Portis is out. You know, you really only have three kind of true bigs, and then you've got kind of these like combo forwards and, and Shemi and Thanasis, and Shemi Ojale is out as well. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think you'll obviously see them play smaller. Giannis will have to play, uh, you know, a, a decent amount of center. Um, we'll see kind of, you know, given this is the first game of the season, obviously you don't want to extend anybody too long. Um, but I am curious kind of how Bud manages the Giannis Brook minutes and, and how much, how wary he is of maybe staggering those guys so that you're not, you know, facing minutes where, you know, Sandro's out there with, uh, without one of those two guys to kind of protect him on the defensive end. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a, an area of concern. I think, you know, at the same time, I think there's advantages to playing small. We saw that last year at times, but, um, but we also saw, you know, even in the preseason, you know, where they had Giannis out there at center and then they were switching. Well, if Giannis is defending a guy in the perimeter and that guy takes a jump shot, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be, uh, have some, potentially have some problems on the, on the glass, right? If your best rebounder and Giannis is out in the perimeter helping and defending out there. So, you know, again, there's, there's kind of puts and takes to it. Um, I think we'll, we'll probably find out far earlier than we hoped whether Sandro can, you know, actually play NBA minutes or, you know, be a guy that at least plugs, plugs holes there. But, um, but we'll see. I think it's a great opportunity. Why, him, why, why? Well, know, hold on, hold on. What what is it with you all? Why don't you like this kid? Why don't you like Mamu, man? I like him. I mean, you call him Sandra, I call him Mamu, whatever. But what why why don't why don't a lot of you guys d- just just down on this kid for? What what don't you like about him? What am I, I missing? I don't think it's being down on him so much as just I mean, look, he's a 54th overall pick. He's a rookie. I think his advantage is I mean, the guy I think the guy knows how to play basketball, yes. you know. I think I think I think that's I think it's really interesting comparing 
you know, Sandro and, and, and Jordan Wara because Jordan has shown he can score at an NBA level. I think he's still figuring out how he does that when he's on the floor with better players. Whereas I think, you know, Mamu knows how to, to just play. And so he doesn't need to score. I mean, he was a scorer in college, but he knows how to kind of put on his hard hat and, you know, just be a guy that's going to pass the ball, dribble handoffs, try to crash the offensive glass and, and play that role. So I think that's his best advantage. I think he, he's just a, a pretty – uh, malleable type of guy. I think for him, three point shot is really a swing skill. Um, you know, we saw him hit down, hit some in the preseason. And if he's able to knock down open threes, I think obviously that, that unlocks his ability to, to contribute offensively pretty significantly because, you know, he's, he's willing to kind of put his nose in there, offensive rebound. I think he's a, a smart passer, a good basketball IQ guy. And then for me, I think there's a big question is defensively, right? I mean, I'm not worried about his his effort, but um, you know he's not a. I don't think of him as like a real NBA center. He's not going to protect the rim, um, but he does work on the glass. So again, it's a lot of it's just you know he's a rookie, and I just I'm just it's been a long time, Sparky, since we've seen a rookie that could actually do anything on the Milwaukee Bucks. So I I don't know. I hope he proves me wrong that he is ready to play right away. But you know when your ambition is is winning an NBA championship. Um, that's a pretty high bar for for any rookie to live up to. I like him. I, I liked him. I know. I I, I understand. And, and maybe it's just me being overly optimistic. But I, I I watched him at Seen Hall. Okay, he was good. Then I wanted to see what he looked like. You know, in the NBA Summer League, what's he going to look like in preseason and so forth. I don't know, man. I just to me, I think he can play in this league now. All star, probably not. But I I think he can be a rotational player in this league uh, going forward. Now let's get to Jordan Wara because you brought him up. This is another person of angst for me right now because you said it when you were talking, which is, well, okay, we all know he can score, but can he play with star players or whatever the case may be on the floor at the same point? To which I say, if he can average 20 a night, who cares? Like, this can't be a thing of, well, you score a lot, but we don't want you to take away from Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton scoring and have their averages go down. So you're going to have to just kind of hold on to the ball and act like you don't know how to score the basketball. For me, man, let him come off the bench and let him be that guy on a second unit. Put him out there with him and Holiday or whoever and let him just go score. Defensively, I know he's got things to work on. I get it. But... I said it earlier, if I'm Jordan Wara, if I'm not playing by the trade deadline, I'm out. Like, you can trade me somewhere where I can go play because it's ridiculous. Offensively, he can play in this league. Yeah, I think what you hit on there is important, right? I mean, the the last game, he, he started in Chris Milton's place, and you really didn't notice him much, right? Because it's about Giannis, it's about True Holiday, Correct. it's about getting Giannis downhill, and, and you know, I think... We haven't really seen Jordan. I don't really recall seeing Jordan in two-man games with Giannis. We, we, we did see, I think it's encouraging how much uh, they put the ball in Jordan's hands and pick and roll to see if they could get him going downhill with those little floaters or he can always kind of hit, look for that step-back shot. Um, so I, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think the, the ideal role for him now, which, I mean, he's going to, I mean, he's going to be in the, the the early season rotation here, right? I mean, Rodney Hood I hope so. played and didn't look like an NBA player when he did in a few minutes against Utah. So, right. um, so I mean, I don't I don't think they have much choice to to play him, um, and and I think bringing him off the bench and like you said, you bring him out there if if there's you know kind of periods where you know Chris is off the floor and, and you know only one of Drew or Giannis is out there, or whatever it might be. I think that's a a good opportunity for him to maybe get a little more room where where he can actually get the ball in his hands and actually do some stuff and. Again, I think, you know, some guys just they need a lot of shots to kind of find the rhythm and, and kind of get going. And I think that's one of the toughest things for young players because so many of these guys are big time scorers in college and they get to NBA and it's like, okay, you got, you know, eight minutes and a half, yep. five minutes and a half. And can you hit 
you know, two out of three, two out of four, or are you going to hit one out of three, one out of four? And if you can do the former and not the latter, well, you're a really good player. And if you can do the latter, well, then, you know, you're just not a very effective scorer, even though you may have the talent. If you got a bunch of touches, maybe you'd be pretty good. So, um, so I think that's the question for him is like, can he take those like small minute roles? Can he get the, and can the Bucks get the ball in his hands enough to kind of take advantage of that? I think that's the question, but certainly, I think he's looked more willing as a passer. I think some of the pick and roll stuff has been encouraging and, um, you know, defensively, I think he's been better. Um, but you know, there's still obviously a, a real learning curve there and, you know, obviously the Bucks infrastructure is really good. Um, so I'd say probably don't put him out there with, you know, Mamu and, and nobody else, right. Put him out there, uh, with, with Giannis or Brooks. So he has a little bit of protection on the defensive end. And, uh, and then hopefully, you know, again, last year we saw the Bucks use the regular season to kind of get ready, work on some things. Um, you know, I, I don't think Bud and, and the Bucks are really into the idea of, you know, just using the regular season for player development. But I think Jordan's shown enough that it's not charity, right? Um, I think you're playing and you're giving yourself him a, him a chance to get better, but I think you're also giving yourself still a chance to win. It's, it's not like he's going to just go out there and, and struggle. Exactly right. Talking to Frank Madden, uh, Locked on Bucks podcast on your Odyssey app. Download that today. Real quickly, I want to get your predictions both sides. West side, who's in the Western Conference Finals? Who ends up in the Finals? No, I, I really haven't thought much about the West. You know, I was thinking about the Lakers. Man, I, I just don't like the Westbrook fit at all for them, especially come playoff time and, and the way that he lets teams shrink the court and, and just his need for the ball. So I, I might I might lean against the Lakers coming out of the West. Um, you know, I, I kind of wonder if maybe this is the year Utah at least gets to the to West, to the West Finals. Um, and, you know, look, I, I think Phoenix as well. I mean, there's no reason Phoenix should – you know, be worse from just like a talent and, and kind of development perspective. So, um, I, you know, I really like Denver if they were healthy. I think there's questions, obviously, with Jamal Murray out for, for the, you know, most of the regular season here to the ACL. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the, the Jazz and, and Suns were the two best teams last year. Um, I might I might just say, hey, maybe maybe zag a little bit. But I don't know that people are going to pick picking those teams to go to the West Finals. But um, off the top of my head, I think both those teams are really good. And, uh, you know, I think Utah – they had some injury problems last year. Obviously, it's embarrassing the way they went out. Um, so, so maybe those two teams get to the West Finals, and I don't know. I mean, I, man, am I turning into a Utah fan? I don't know. I don't know if I'd pick. That's Sam Schmitz, my guy on the um, other side. He likes Utah too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, again, it's kind of like I put on my Bucks kind of Bucks fan hat, and I say, you know, when did we think the Bucks were going to come out of it? Right. I mean, a lot of people were not going to believe it until it happened. And granted, the Bucks have Giannis, and the Jazz just don't have that type of player, but. Um, you know, between Donovan Mitchell and the way he's played in the playoffs and, and Gobert, I think he can still be a good playoff player, even if he's obviously not not quite as flexible defensively as you'd want him to be. So, so yeah. But um, And then I think on the East, I mean, again, I think it's pretty obvious. Yep. Bucks Nets. <laughs> the two yep. teams are it's. I think it has to be Bucks Nets. You know, again, I think there's some scenarios, I think, where maybe some of the other teams, things could break right for them. Um, you know, and again, Philly is kind of funny to think about given everything that's happening with them, but you never know if, if they swing a big trade, could, could they maybe kind of get themselves in a better spot? But, um, but I think it's Bucks Nets and, you know, I, I honestly, I don't think Kyrie is going to sit out the season. Um, and maybe that's a famous last words thing, assuming that Kyrie is going to kind of act rationally at some point, but, um, I don't know. It's a little hard for me to believe that he's just going to sit out the entire, entire season. Um, so I, I think Kyrie eventually comes back. Um, and I think when he does, you know, I think obviously that in theory, that should help the, the Nets. Um, but, uh, but I don't know. So I, I think those are the teams that are going to come back. Um, and then, but, but screw it, Sparky. I mean, 
the, the defending champs start their season tonight. I got I'll, I'll pick the Bucks come out come out of the East. Yeah, I mean, I got it. Right? I, did, I, mean, I did as well. I, uh, I picked the Bucks too, and with the premise of I just don't think. Brooklyn is going to be healthy. You got a bunch of old dudes. The market's Aldrich old, Millsap old, Patty Mills 33. He's not any younger. Then if Kyrie doesn't play to say, you know, day January or February, because I think he's coming back too. I agree with you. Uh, that's going to be more minutes that maybe you don't want to spend on Durant and Kyrie. Will they be able to suffer through the wear and tear of that for a whole nother season to be healthy come the playoffs? So I think all of that kind of works against them. And then in the West, I got Denver in the West uh, against the Bucs. That, that's who I've got. And then I got the Bucs winning the whole damn thing again. Yeah, I, I really like Denver. I mean, if you told me Jamal Murray was healthy, I'd, I'd have picked them to be one of the uh, What, all-star break um, probably he's back somewhere in that area? Yeah, yeah. And then is he, is he back or is he back back? You right, know? yep. Um, that's, that's always a, a concern. I mean, we've seen that coming. Guys coming from ACLs, it's just, it's just not always there right away. And, again, can you get back by, by the playoffs to where you need him to be? No Possibly. question, but you know they're they're a team that the longer they're in the playoffs, the, I think the better they're going to be just just for that reason. So um, if they can kind of make it to the West Finals, then you know they might be be in a great spot. But yeah, that, I mean that would be a ton of fun. We need we need Giannis to win MVP again, and then we can get the you know the the, the rematch of, of the last two MVPs in the, in the NBA Finals. I, I'd be okay with that, Sparky. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm good with it too. Follow Frank Madden on Twitter at f madden nba. He's one of the best, of course. Locked on Bucks podcast with him and Kane Pittman. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, man. appreciate it. Always, Sparky. Talk to you soon. You bet you take care. There he is, Frank Madden on uh, the Great Midwest Bank hotline of applying for a home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious. Breathe. My Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fans, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, Rami Makhlouf, set to join us coming up uh, in the next segment as we get ready for the Rami show coming up here. Uh, at three o'clock again, my thanks to Frank Matt and Locked On Bucks podcast uh, for coming on, uh, and I'm sure, and Sam will confirm that Rami will have Bucks talk coming up. I would assume at three o'clock. Is that right, Sam? All show, all show, pretty much. All right, so Bucks Nets uh, tonight, TNT whole deal, uh, and then tomorrow, Bart Winkler, six a.m. He'll be talking about the Bucks next game. We will be on our show uh, as well. Plus Jordy Nelson tomorrow, eleven thirty-five. Uh, on the Wendy's Big Show tomorrow. Again, former Packers wide receiver Jordy Nelson, Wendy's Big Show tomorrow at 11.35 with Gary Leroy Butler and myself. Uh, the other day, uh, we talked about uh, in the Big Show um, addictions uh, to a certain degree. Not like you know, like drug addiction or alcohol addiction. Nothing, not serious addictions like that. Um, but but things that, you know, you kind of just can't stop yourself from purchasing, right? Uh, and Gary Ellerson uh, admitted to the shoe addiction that he has. Like, he just loves buying shoes. Whether it's uh, uh, running shoes, basketball shoes, dress shoes, casual shoes, all about his shoes. Leroy Butler also... Shoe addiction. But not to the level of Gary, it doesn't appear. More shoes. We've talked about uh, Larry Harris, former Bucks GM, also collector of shoes. Loves shoes. And has for many a year. I've not asked Sam Schmitz if, if he's ever had such uh, an addiction to wear Maybe it's jerseys. Maybe it's 
sports caps. Maybe it's something else that I'm not aware of. Is, is there something where you're like, man, I see something, man, I got to have that. Or come Christmas time, you're asking your parents and your friends, all right, I want another one of these. I want another one of these. I want another one of those. Do you find yourself addicted to one thing? Well, first off, I've been there. Other. I've been there in the shoe addiction when I was uh, like late in high school and early in college. That is a steep hole that you really. Yeah, that is no. I do not. Wait, 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 wait. Let's investigate further. How? To what extent? Man, I would I would have like shoes that kind of looked like the Kanye West ones that came out. So I had to have like a stylish pair. I liked you know certain basketball shoes and all that. Of course, back in the day, that's when I would like actually still hoop with friends. So I'd have to also have like a basketball pair good. of shoes. Yeah, right. got to have a summer pair. Got to have you know a winter <laughs> boot shoes and all that. So like not only like all those different categories, but like multiple versions of that. And I I'm glad I got out of that real quick. Now I'm just wearing the same shoes that I've worn for like probably the past year and a half. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. York and radio now too. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, you said it. I'm glad you said it. There's also that. Right. Um, okay. So, but oh, current addiction. Oh, you kind of has been. Well, it's been my addiction pretty much my whole life because oh. I grew up. I grew up pretty much right down the street from our guys at Walkshaw Sports Cards. Oh yes, Rob and the crew. Right. So man, I mean, my home, my dad's home. There's memorabilia everywhere. And, you know, when I was a kid, I got into, like, sports cards and all that. And I yep. still have a pretty good amount of, you know, a pretty good collection here and there. But it's mostly, you know, the superstars like Mike Trout, Kobe, all those guys that sure. I've, I've kept autos of. So I've kind of cooled down on that. But the beautiful part about that collection slash addiction is that I don't even spend money on it anymore. Nowadays, I just sell, you know, whatever autos I don't want anymore on eBay. Take that money, reinvest it. Exactly. It's become an investment business because sports cards are hot again. Yeah. They were dead for a long time. That's the beautiful thing about it is that there's a real boom in the sales of everything. Dan Plucker. Uh, did he tell you this story that he did uh, last week? I don't think so. I forgot what store he was at. One of these retail stores, Target, Walmart, one of these stores. And he's there and he's there right when they're loading in all the cards. Yeah, that's a shame, man. Because I remember when I was a kid that you could pretty much go up to like I think it was Walmart. Right, right I'm thinking about it. Walmart or Target or pretty right. much like even Walgreens. Like you could go up and like when you're checking out, my dad'd be like, "Hey, go grab a couple packs of like right. what top series, Correct. Or whatever." Yeah, you could literally grab like so, blaster now, boxes. It's a shame that that's co- it's what it's come down to, like the shoe game. Yes, because that that's like that's how I got into sports was sports cards and Me all too. that. Yeah, so I feel bad Same. for the kids that can't buy a pack of like four. A 425 right. pack of so, tops. So Plucker is that guy. So Plucker drops 300. It's not worth it. On man. cards. Hold on. 300 cards. Goes across the street to the sports card shop and got 400. He literally had it in his possession five to 10 minutes, made 100 bucks, and walked away up 100 bucks. I've tried that to, quick. I've tried to tell him. On though, open boxes. Yeah, but I've tried to tell him, though, man, you're better off. You can buy, like, literally a Justin Herbert autograph on eBay for probably 250. Oh. Would, would you rather? Would you Is rather? That, those are that expensive already. Herbert, two hundred and fifty. That's pretty cheap, all things considered. Because you're talking about Patrick Mahomes, that's eight hundred and all that. Really? Lamar, you got to buy when these guys are like rookies, right? And they're low and all that. But yeah, I mean Herbert, two fifty, honestly, isn't too bad after winning <sighs> rookie of the year too. I mean that's that's what's driving it up. But I tell him, man, you're better off just buying whatever you want on eBay as opposed to buying these packs and having to fight for people. Right. To get this stuff and spending more than you want. Or you got to time it out and know when they're right. loading them up every time. Because I've been there, man. It's it's I've been there buying boxes and packs and all that. You're just better off looking for what you want. Yeah, my my uh, Logan, the 14-year-old, his buddy who plays on his baseball team, he would get on his bike 
back when Target had them. And he'd ride his bike over at like 4.30 in the morning, go stand outside a Target and wait for them to open up on days when they would get the things in. He'd be there with others all waiting to get in to get the cards. I can't believe it's come down to that because when I first started this hobby and all that, it's that was the complete opposite. Absolutely, because it wasn't hot. Right. Now it's hot. Yeah. So now it's a whole big thing. Well, the thing that kind of ruined it was the whole grading services and all that. Yeah. Because back in the day, PSA was kind of like laughed at for grades. For sure. Like you'd rather go through Beckett, but now yep. PSA is just like everywhere. Yeah. It was Beckett for me growing up. That's what it was. You get the Beckett magazine, kind of see where you were on all your stuff and da 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 da. Yeah. All right, good. So there you go. Addictions. Uh, I, I will. Uh, uh, I, I think Rami is there. Uh, Rami, are, are you there? He was there. I am indeed here. Hello. Sparky. Okay. Um, uh, before we get to your show, before, because I've got to take another break here. But um, so my, my addiction, and Rami is aware of this, as most of you are, is Christmas. Like I, I have a serious, serious problem on Christmas. Um, so we have a. You know, y'all know about my Christmas trees uh, and all of that in the house, fine. But we also have a Disney village, a Mickey Disney village uh, that Department 56 does uh, as well. And every year we try to add one more village piece, house, building, whatever, uh, to it. Um, I, I realized yesterday that I, I really do, do have an issue here because we literally just bought a, a new piece online. Uh, the day previous um, that we were going to add to it. And then yesterday, when it looked, saw how much money money we had, I'm like, ah, we can afford one more. So went online and bought another one. Then got done and went to this store. I don't know if y'all have ever been there. Milliger's, uh, which is in Racine. It's, it's just a great, phenomenal store. Oh, I'm there all the time, Sparky. You would Can't lo- get enough of Milliger's. You, it's uh, kind of like a Stein's. But I oh Steins is my joint. You don't really Steins is my jam. I'm there all the time. Yeah, I love Steins too. But either way, where I spend my Friday nights, that's the spot. I didn't know they did comedy over there. That makes (laughs) sense though. But either way, um, so went over there last night, and so now last night I had my guy Andy Spitzer, who used to do the World According to to Sparky when talk Disney World all the time. I had him on like this duo cast type deal, walking around with him, showing him video of all the different stuff that they have going over strategy of what else we were going to get to add to the village. So when we put up the trees, the village goes up as well, November 6th. Um, so I bought like this uh, brick pathway uh, pavers or whatever else to put, because it's a three-level village now. We've we've now grown to two long uh, four-foot tables and then a long windowsill, like the bay window on it uh, as well. I really am getting to the point where I can't stop, Rami. And then on top of that, we got that up down, uh, upside down tree, you know, added this year. And we decided we were going to make it a Dr. Seuss tree, Rami. Oh, my God. Um, and yesterday. What are you doing with your life? Yesterday. You anything better to do? Yes. No. Oh, my God. You have no don't idea. You have work? Yesterday. Don't you have, don't you have work just, to do? I, I just, I'm so excited. So then yesterday when we were at Milliger's, they have an upside down tree there, too. And they have a Dr. Seuss tree is what they made into, like what we want to do with our tree. So they have like the fake arms and legs and the whole deal coming out of the tree. So we bought all that up, too. And we're going to have that for the the Dr. Seuss tree. I'm telling you, the addiction is real for Christmas with me, man. I cannot freaking wait to get all this set up. We're talking like how long it's going to take us. I think we're probably going to have to start really early in the morning on the 6th of November when we start putting all our Christmas stuff up. It's probably going to go into the night before we get it all, all the trees put up, all the decorations 
Republicans on the village put together and and the whole deal. Yeah, it, yeah it's you know, serious good for you, dude, because I, I can't even imagine having the time, money or energy for any of this crap, dude. I, I, I don't know what we pay you, but whatever it is, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> that we pay you enough to do all this. I don't know how you have time with everything that you have going. Yeah, I'm right. Glad. Exactly. I don't know how you have yes. the energy with three kids to chase around and everything yeah. else that goes into it. But I'm good. Good for you. But, dude. I, but I, the I, problem I, is, is that we're, we're we're kind of screwing up the five year old a little bit. We, we are. Because the five-year-old now is asking for a fifth tree in the living room because apparently four isn't enough for him anymore. He wants a fifth tree in the living room. So my fear in all of this is he's going to go by Uncle Rami's house, see no Christmas trees, and be like, what is wrong with you? Why don't you have a tree? Or he's going to go over by a buddy's house for a sleepover or whatever. They're going to have one tree, and he's going to think there's something wrong with them, that they only have one tree, that maybe yeah, they no, don't there's love. Something wrong, maybe, there's something wrong with your family. Right, Jackson. right, but he won't know that. your parents. Right. right. Right, but he won't know that. He'll think that you know they don't love Christmas as much. That's what he'll think. It'll be wrong. It'll be false, obviously. But yeah, so I, I just I realized last night that I really am kind of completely addicted to this whole Christmas thing, above and beyond probably most people. And I'm fine with that. Totally fine with it. I have no problem with it whatsoever. All right, coming up next, Rami McLaughlin will tell us what's coming up on the Rami Show. I'll be back in uh, two minutes and thirty seconds. Sparky's Midday Madness on twelve fifty AM. The fan. There's playoff baseball, football, and basketball all in full swing. And the place to catch all the games while creating your own sporting action is Q Club of Wisconsin. Plenty of TVs to watch the games while get your play on. And some of their favorite indoor games are huge entertainment game room. I'm talking indoor bocce ball, darts, pool, foosball, table tennis. You name it, they got it. Plus, how about the food? Oh, baby. Loaded burgers, wraps, wings, plus Wednesday and Friday fish fries. It's piled up <laughs> with all the extras. Visit their Facebook page or Q Club of WI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Rami Makhlouf uh, joins us again as he has the Rami show coming up here at 3 Jameson, uh, a longtime listener. Uh, of the show just messaged me and said he puts up his Christmas tree day after Halloween. Very day after up goes his Christmas tree, which is great. I'd, I'd love to do the I'm, same thing. But. Dude, I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm serious. I'm getting angry because it was enough. It was enough when people didn't respect Thanksgiving and ruin that for those of us who love Thanksgiving. Oh, that's your favorite holiday, this, though, isn't started it? Started with this Christmas crap in early November. Ever, yeah. Now this year, Sparky, because, and they tell us there are problems in the supply chain i think that's all just a big ploy and scheme to get us to start christmas shopping so they can put their garbage commercials on tv and try to get us to buy their crap three months earlier than we already were just make the christmas list that much longer and that much more expensive because we're going to start shopping for christmas in september this is commercials for christmas in september dude what is going on but this is but see this is the issue Remember when I told you we bought those other two trees and you're like, fine, trees this early. They're out. They're out. They're, those trees are gone. It's October and they're not getting any more in from the store we bought them from. They're gone. They're not getting any more. So for me, and the way I look at it is if you put up, the sooner you put up, if you determine that, okay, I need this or I need that, if you wait till December, 
this or that is not going to be in the stores anymore. Yeah, because y'all bought right into it. Y'all fell right into the trap. Everybody went, oh my God, they're going to run out of trees. We've got to run out and get trees now. This is the same thing that happened with toilet paper at the start of the pandemic. For some reason, people thought we were all going to run out of toilet paper. So everybody went out and bought all the toilet paper, and all of a sudden there was a run on toilet paper when we were never at risk of running out of toilet paper, people. You know why we were at risk of running out of toilet paper? Because all you idiots ran out there and bought toilet paper at the first sign of trouble There's and at still- the first the first person saying, you know, we might be running out of toilet paper here. Like people are just so gullible and stupid and feed into the frenzy that that's 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 created. That's not real. It's just created by people out there and then they make it a real frenzy and a real problem. What is wrong with you people? I don't know. I love Christmas. I'd set up year round if I could, but I'm not allowed to leave it up year round. I just I love it. It's the best. Don't time. you like any other holidays? I love Halloween, dude. They're taking Halloween, I Halloween. from us. Yeah, They're I love Halloween. Thanksgiving Halloween's from us. Fun. They're taking everything. It's just going to be twelve months of Christmas. Because you know what? <laughs> yeah. Christmas makes money. <laughs> Christmas makes money. That's yeah. what this is all about, Spark. You're well, just a pawn in the game well, of capitalism. Well, That's maybe, all that this maybe is. Maybe I'll charge tours for the house once I get all this set up. Somebody brought that up to me the other day. I don't know. Maybe that's something we consider. I have no idea. Get rid of the couches. You would be the type of dude who would put like a, a haunted house in his house, like that guy in the neighborhood. We it would have to be like in the garage. In the yeah, yeah. It, well, like the Cosby Show. They had one in their basement on the Cosby Show. That I was do remember a, that. that. Yeah, yeah I it's a great episode. That. All right, what's coming up yeah. on your show at three? Coming up on the show today, Sparky, as uh, young Sam Schmitz told you, so much Bucks talk on the show today. Out of the gates are Kim and Lavoie, judgment of the day. Do you think the Bucks are being overlooked as the reigning champs? And do you even care is the question that we have out of the gates. Also, we'll talk a little bit about Mike Budenholzer, whether or not he's appreciated the way a championship coach should be. Bart Winkler of the Bart Winkler Show, weekday mornings here on The Fan. He's here for Tuesdays with Winkler at 4 o'clock. Lori Nickel, columnist for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, is here at 4.30 and four-time NBA champ Horace Grant will be here to talk about the Bucks, their chances of repeating, and just all this craziness around the NBA with Kyrie Irving and now Ben Simmons today getting kicked out of uh, Sixers practice. There's a lot of NBA to talk about with Mr. Horace Grant, four-time NBA champion. Um, the, the ben hey, can I ask you something? Sure. I'm, let me ask you something because I have Horace Grant on today, and uh, there's I have a I have an he, experience with Horace Grant. He's fun. That we've interviewed. Him I don't before. know. I, I don't know if I should share it on the air or not. You tell me if I should share this on the air. When, you when are Horace on the Grant air, goes. you knucklehead. What do I, you mean? I mean, when he joins me, is this something I should oh. bring up to him? He's sure. not listening right now, and he won't know that I brought... I've told this story on the air before. Um, I was probably like 12 years old, and uh, me and my buddy, we somehow we finagled our way into the Bulls locker room after a game one night to get autographs and whatnot, and... Uh, I saw Horace Grant, me and my buddy saw Horace Grant, like, walking out of the player exit um, to go and get into his car and whatever, do whatever he was going to do, and he left there. So we ran up to him, and we were like, we had, like, this this collage poster that we made that we were having players sign for us, and uh, we asked, we showed him the collage, and we asked him if uh, if he could sign it, and I guess he forgot something in his locker or whatever, and um, he was like, yeah, just wait right here, and I'll I'll be right back. And when he said, wait right here, he pointed to a limo, Spark. He pointed to a limo that was sitting right outside of the player's exit. So we, we sit down in this limo, and uh, what I believe to be two lovables were just hanging out in the limo. Uh, tell everybody me. what a lovable was. <laughs> That's, those are the Bulls cheerleaders. Yeah, for those that don't know what the heck they were called. <laughs> the lovables. Uh, it sounds like a doll. Okay. It's what it's, 
it's one of the most vivid memories of my childhood because that's when I was like, oh my god, this is this is what being a professional athlete is. It's oh my people god. asking you for autographs, limo rides, and cheerleaders waiting yep. for you in your limo. Yep. It's amazing. It was so eye opening for like an eleven or twelve year old Robbie Backlaw. But I don't know if he wants to be putting his business out there. I mean, I just did, but like he doesn't know that I just did, and I'm not sure if that's should I recount that story to Horace Grant yeah. himself, or do you think yeah. he wants me to keep his keep his business on the down low? I don't see a problem with that whatsoever. I mean, right. I, I think it's just you know you kind of phrase it with you you lay out the whole story and then you just you know follow that up with, hey man, was, was how was it like was it like rock star life? Because as a kid, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like y'all were living a rock star life. Back in the day, like you hear these rock stars living, was it like that type of life when you were a Chicago Bull back then? It was amazing. Let them tell you stories. It was amazing. Let it go from there. Because, again, I mean, I guarantee you the man's got stories of Jordan and Scottie Pippen and that stuff. I mean, there were stories about Jordan and Pippen street racing back in the day in Chicago after games in the middle of the night. So there's, there's lots of stuff out there. Uh, that can be broached if you wanted to broach with Horace Grant, and if he was willing to go uh, there with you uh, as well. Um, I, I have a question for you now. Yes. You asked me a question. Uh, are you mm-hmm. still watching the, the MLB playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I don't, you, you know, you know my my setup in the living room, Sparky. Two I have, TVs. I have the two, two TVs going. Yeah. So last night, how I did it was uh, I had the football game on the second TV. I had the baseball game on the main TV, and then when the baseball game was a blowout, I, uh, I I switched them, and then at some point it was clear that, you know, there was no comeback happening. So then I just put football on the second TV. I turned off the playoffs and just put one of my shows on, on main TV number one. So, yeah, it's still it's still there. It's not like appointment viewing, but if I'm home and, and, and it's happening, absolutely. You know me. I've, I love postseason baseball, and, yeah, I'm going to watch it. at least. A, I'm going to have at least an eye on it if, if, if it's available to me. I want Boston-Atlanta. That's what I want. Uh, that's, I, just, I, I want Boston-Atlanta, and then I don't really care who wins at that point. But I, I would like Boston-Atlanta, and I, I, think that's, and I, I think that's what it might be. Sam and I were talking about this the other day. I, I don't really care who comes out of the American League because screw both those teams. Um, I'm, my, my rooting interest now is, is whoever comes out of the National League, I want them to win the World Series because neither Houston or Boston deserves this and got off way too easily. And, you know, there, there's so much hate and so much venom out there about the Astros, Sparky, because Rob Manford in Major League Baseball did such an awful job of trying to sweep that one under the rug that everybody saw right through it. And now we all hate the cheating ass Astros, but they did a great job. Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball did an outstanding job, learned their lessons from from the cover up of the Houston Astros, and did a much much better job For of, of, of of making the Boston Red Sox yeah. look like they they weren't so bad. Cora got axed, they... and that was the end of it. And he's back. Yep. And he's yeah. back in the manager's chair, and they, they somehow managed to dump the whole thing. If you go and read that report, the investigation of the Boston Red Sox, and and you actually believe what they say in there about how it all went down, who is responsible for it, and everything else, you're a very, very gullible human being. They, they, they heap the whole thing onto a video coordinator. They're trying to convince us, Sparky, that Alex Cora, who, who, who designed this whole cheating method and system when he was in Houston, he went to Boston 
and they also started cheating, but he had nothing to do with it. It was this rogue video coordinator who set this all up. Not Alex Cora. It was this rogue video coordinator who set this whole thing up, and they just completely, like, the Astros got a slap on the wrist. The, the, the Red Sox didn't even get that. So screw both these teams that are in the American League. I know the Dodgers aren't the easiest team to root for with, with all the money in the world, more money than God in trying to buy championships, but, man, at least that's, at least that's within the rules and parameters of Major League Baseball. They're not doing anything that's that's outside the bounds. So I, if it's the Dodgers that come out of the National League, give me the Dodgers. I don't want to see either of these teams be be rewarded for for their well, I guess they're not being rewarded for their cheating ways, but never really have a have have a setback or really pay for 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 what they did. And what they did is egregious, dude. It's egregious what they did to the sport of baseball and the way that they were let off the hook for it. So I'm all in on the National League in these playoffs. That's where I'm at. I apologize to the listening audience for even broaching that. Uh, coming up next, the Rami you know Backlund about cheating in baseball. Don't cheat my sport, man. Don't you cheat my sport? I'll be honest with you. I didn't think of cheating with Boston or Houston when I told you who I was rooting for. It had nothing to do with How? any of that. No. You know what? Never even crossed my mind to be honest Rob with you. The entire postseason, I really Manfred haven't thought about right it. Now, Other than White very, Sox, very fans. happy, huh? I said, if Rob Manford is listening right now, he's very, very happy that you've forgotten about it already. Because yeah, that's but, exactly what he wanted. Yeah, but I'm not watching them either. I mean, I'm not. I told you, when the Brewers lose, I'm out. Like, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just telling you that I, I would like to see the Braves do it because I don't want anybody but the Dodgers to it. Anybody but LA. I don't care who beats them. Just somebody take the Dodgers out. I don't want that payroll to be rewarded. Uh, again, out of the National League. Coming up next, uh, the Rami Show. Uh, and then don't forget tomorrow morning, Ben Fennell, uh, 1035 from NFL Network. Eric Name from The Athletic talking Bucks nets uh, at 11.06. And then Jordy Nelson, the former Packers wide receiver, joins us at 11.35. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Go Bucks! Toodles! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.